I'm Anton Babkov and I'm here uh, with Mark Allen, uh, Rex's Marketing Director, to, uh, to talk a little bit about some of the things that we think that uh, agencies should be doing coming into the new year. Welcome to Real Insight, exploring the latest in real estate news, trends and technology. Brought to you by Rex Software, Australia and New Zealand's real estate software platform. Welcome to the very first Real Insight podcast. Uh, it's a very exciting day for us. We really saw a gap in the market, uh, or in, I guess in the, in the podcast universe, for tips and kind of casual conversations around tech, digital marketing, and anything really real estate and tech related. Uh, so uh, Rex Software thought that we'd, we'd put together this podcast. And the first topic that we're going to cover, given it's, uh, you know, it's coming up to the end of the year, Christmas time, we're starting to think about New Year's resolutions. And one of the best things that an agency can do or individual agents can do to really pick up their business through the course of the year is to think about and invest in, uh, in digital marketing. And today I've got with me Mark Allen. Uh, Mark is, is Rex's marketing director. He has some really extensive background in, in digital marketing and marketing in general. I'll let him cover that off. But we think this is a, a good place to start for our podcast to really, um, and hopefully we'll be able to tease out some good insights from Mark in the, in the course of, um, of the questions that we run through today. So Mark, welcome to Real Insight. Uh, can you tell, uh, tell our audience a little bit about, about yourself, a bit of background and what kind of qualifies you to be, uh, to be giving, us, uh, giving us your thoughts on this, on this stuff we're going to talk about today? Absolutely. So I've, uh, I've got a pretty varied background. I am uh, traditionally from ad agency background, so I've got uh, lots of agency experience. I've also worked as uh, head of marketing for nationals and ASX listed companies, various different campaigns. I have in a past life been consulting, so I've had uh, my own small digital agency where I've been consulting from real estate and property to FMCG and, and brand marketing. And always in digital or, or you've, you've worked in other areas? I cut my teeth on traditional marketing. So when I did my degree, especially uh, lots of years ago, there was no such thing as digital marketing. So when I got my first job, I was doing billboards and radio and television and all of the traditional marketing. But it eventually became more and more prolific and, um, and here we are today. It's dominant, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, let's get into it. Um, a big, big area of focus, and, and there's a lot of writing, a lot of commentary on it, is, uh, is social. Let, maybe let's start with there. So social media, uh, in a nutshell, for real estate agents. Go. Great. Okay. Uh, social media for real estate agents is something that every real estate agent should be embracing. It's uh, one of the cheapest and most engaging pieces of digital marketing out there. And it's something that really gives you that one-to-one -one communication with your vendors and, and buyers and sellers out there. So if you're not on social media, it's something that you should absolutely be investing in. At the very base level, you should have a, a Facebook and Twitter account um, and you should be using that to, to reach out and, um, and engage with your target market there, which are your, your buyers and sellers. You should recognize that you're not always there to sell on though. So it's not a traditional piece of marketing where you, uh, you go out there and you're, you're pushing property all the time. It's an opportunity to build familiarity and, and build awareness of your own personal brand. What does that, what does that mean? So, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm out uh, quite regularly speaking with our clients 
I probably couldn't go to one office that didn't have a, an abandoned Facebook page or, a, uh, or a, a Twitter feed which had a last post about three or four months ago. What should people be posting? You know, should we be putting up properties? Should we be, should we be putting up what we've sold? Uh, how our, our options have gone? What, what's the aim of the, the social activity that we're pushing out? Variety is the spice of life here. So there is a mistake that a lot of people fall into where they see social media as a new channel where they can uh, replicate what they've been doing and they'll just put their listings straight on social media. And they'll do that for you know a month, maybe two months, six months, and then they, they won't see any engagement, they won't see any um, return on any of the investment that they're putting there, and they'll quickly abandon it. And that's a mistake. So what social media is an opportunity for is it's an opportunity to be part of the conversation with your buyers and sellers. Your buyers and sellers are out there every day on social media. They may be in um, different community groups, they might be participating on their school's Facebook page for their kids, they might be organizing events um, that you can participate in and if you're there you know all you have to do is just show up just show up and, and show that you're a part of the community and that you know you you have the ability to interact with people um, on a personal basis okay so that's interesting so you're talking about actively reaching out and looking for opportunities to engage with the community so kind of similar to what good agents would do in their in their local market anyway absolutely where do i find opportunities for interaction in my local real estate community Every community has uh, a lot of the same events and same groups. So if you're looking in your farm area and you're looking at, you know, what are some of the schools, what are some of the community groups, what are some of the industry associations that are in that area that you can be a part of so that your face is always in front of those people. Um, it's just a matter of doing a little bit of research. So put some time aside to, you know, make a list and, and research that online and find out where you can join those groups on social media. I guess messaging is going to be pretty key there because you don't want to be that creepy real estate agent that's, um, that's posting about sales and listing activity in the parent teachers group. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> right. So it's not, it's not always about selling. So you're there to build familiarity. You're, you're there to build awareness of your personal brand. All right, so, so engagement. But let, let's get back to this content idea. What, um, apart from... Okay, achievements that I might might have had, so auctions that have gone really well, or you know, clients that are working well with me. What what are some things that I might be doing from a content standpoint to push? The easiest way really here is to research the questions that your market is asking. I mean, agents get these these same questions every day. Research the questions that they're asking um, and base the content around that. You know, be the answer that they're searching for. So when your market has a question, chances are they're going to ask a friend or they're going to punch it into Google. You want to have the, the answers there so that when they do punch that into Google, you're the first response there. In that, in that context, are we talking about real estate specific information? Are we talking about community focused information? Are we, okay, so is it, uh, is it about what the market's doing in my suburb or my, my farm area? Or is it, I don't know, what, uh, what community events we're participating in? Where, where, do I, where do I kind of focus my activity? Focusing your content on a wide range of topics is really going to give you a varied amount of content and you won't be talking about the same thing over and over again. There'll be things that your market are looking for um, and that are interested in that aren't specifically around buying and selling a house. So it may be things to do with small DIY things that they can do around the house to raise the value of their house or upkeep or it could be recommendations for handyman or mower man or you know, little things that just help them and give them value. Thinking on that, jumping back a little bit to that social angle, you mentioned recommendations. What about referrals and client testimonials? We bang on about these things in the industry and, uh, and we often pull out our 10-year-old 
testimonials and, and hard copy when we go to listing presentations. What are some things we can do to, to get, get reviews and things up onto, uh, onto some of our social channels? Don't be afraid to ask for social reviews. They're really quick and easy to get. Um, they build credibility and they help build referrals because they're visible online more than those, as you said, the hard copy, you know, ones that are printed on the back of a business card or something like that. These are showing up in people's feeds and people are more likely to go with an agent who has a referral from a family friend or a close relative or, or someone that they know than anything else. So don't be afraid to go out there and ask someone who you have really wowed or you've done a great job to give you a review online. And the easiest way to do that is to make it as easy as possible for them. So give them a link directly to that review site. It might be on Google, it might be on Facebook, it might be a quick shout out at an app mention on Twitter. It's probably quite a good way to fight against, um, you know, get, getting uh, review uh, information up on your social media page. It's probably quite a good way to fight against some of these websites that are gouging the industry uh, for, for leads. Absolutely. And reviews are things that people tend to give sparingly. And a lot of the time, it's the squeaky wheel syndrome. You don't normally hear about something unless people are complaining. So if you have an agent there that has a long list of glowing reviews, uh, as opposed to someone who has only a couple, you can see the social proof there that they're actually building. Just thinking about the review point kind of takes us back into content a little bit. We think about reviews, we think about text-based reviews. What about video? What about other formats um, for our content? Video reviews are really great. They establish a real uh, amount of credibility with the, with the person who's giving the review because you can visually see them, you can trust them, which is great. Um, and it can be done really quickly and easily. All you need is an iPhone. You open it up, flick the camera around, and you just talk to camera and away you go. That's the really great thing about the technology that we have at our fingertips these days is that you have these amazing phones with great cameras that you didn't have a few years ago. So you can do some really amazing things with the equipment that you have around, uh, around you right now. A lot of people are really afraid to jump into producing video or photos for their social media because they're really focused on having that traditionally polished look that you'll, you'll see in the real estate industry. But social media is traditionally an area where you've got friends and family and people that you know that are sharing their own photos and videos. And, and if you throw into that mix a really polished photo or a really overproduced video, it stands out like a sore thumb. And people don't like the idea of being sold to. People hate to think that they're being marketed to. When that comes up in their feed, uh, they'll keep scrolling. So you really need to find that good balance of something that isn't overly produced, but something that has great impact that's thumb stopping. So when they're scrolling through, you're really going to stand out there without being perceived as being overly marketed. So should I be, as an agent uh, or, or, or a principal, should I be using a page or should I be trying to use my own social media profile to promote myself as an, as an agent? It's really important for agents to build personal brand. That can be done in a couple of ways. You can use your personal profile if you feel comfortable with that. Otherwise, a Facebook page is a good way to have your, uh, to separate your personal and business life um, while still being able to engage with, with the community. I saw an agent, he was in a very small community in northern New South Wales, and he had created a Facebook page for that community. And he administered that page. It was a page all about that community where people could share updates. And, and it became this, this hub for the community where everyone would come together and, and everyone knew that they could share news about the local community. And as an administrator there, it gave him a really unique opportunity to be able to engage and know what was happening in his local small community. 
but it also helped create this profile for him of the person who was the leader of that community and uh, someone who was involved in the community. So there's lots of different opportunities for agents, whether they want to use a page um, for their personal brand or they want to use their personal page for that. So it sounds like it's kind of an extension of, of what uh, really great agents would do in the real world. So the best agents, you know, they really get involved in the local community, they get involved in charities, they get involved in holding events. They're really part of the fabric of, the, of, the, of their local communities. And I think a big concern for a lot of our clients is this idea of digital disruption and, and, uh, and national discount agencies coming in and, and taking away business. I think it's important that people kind of focus on what they're good at and, and, and do that in the digital sphere. Absolutely. Prove your value and be a part of the conversation and be a part of the fabric of the community and weave yourself in there and give value and that will come back to you. What about the reality? All of this sounds really good in theory, but for the average agency, you know, there's, there's three or four people in there, they're, they're busy doing deals, getting, getting appraisals done trying to make things work while you know, looking after the kids and making sure dinner's on the table. How, how do we keep up with this? How do we keep things running? Marketing automation is a tool that will help agents do more with less. So marketing automation sounds really scary, but basically it's using uh, software and programs online to link your different platforms together. So let me give you an example. Let's say someone leaves a comment on a blog post that you write you can use marketing automation to alert you by text message that someone has left that and they can send you the, the comment that they've left. If they've left their contact details on there, you can then shoot that across to a spreadsheet and have an alarm set or a notification set to follow up in two days to, to contact that person. So straight away, you can see how powerful that can be where you, without having to do anything, have been notified that there's been a comment on the blog, you have uh, their contact details logged and you've got a notification to follow them up in a couple of days. So there's a different couple of different ways that you can do that. Uh, there's a service called If This Then That, um, which is a free service that links uh, through APIs, a lot of different programs together. There's also Sorry, one what was that, what was that service, service called? If This Then That, okay. I-F-T-T. If you just Google I-F-T-T, it will come up. It's really, really great. There's also a service called Zapier that is, is very, very similar. And so that, that uses a lot of, um, it links together Google Sheets and notifications and things like that. The idea there is that you're creating these tracks where you can automate these processes and procedures all together so that you're simplifying your workflow and reducing your, um, your load. I guess, are we, are we talking about posting stuff or are we talking about reacting to commentary and other things that are happening in our social media channels. Automation allows you to post to multiple channels as well. So if you are someone who is maintaining a Facebook page, a Twitter account, you're blogging, you're uh, also you've got a YouTube channel, what you can do is you can pull all those together so that you can post once to one place and then post to many places. So if you've got part of your market who are reacting to you on Twitter but also on Facebook, you can create the one post that posts to both, both places. Uh, when you go to post an open house listing with your iPhone and you update that straight to YouTube, you can then automatically post that to your Facebook page to let everyone know that there's a new listing. Just one other area that uh, some people I think in the industry might be interested in. What is your view on paid advertising versus organic? Um, organic activity on, on search and on social. Social media is a pay to play game these days. 
it used to be that you could post a, an update and it would be shot out to all of your followers and that was great. With the proliferation of social media and brands jumping on board, what's happened is people's news feeds started to get really muddied up with uh, sales and branding and marketing messages. So Facebook uh, took the lead by introducing a pay-to-play method where you have to pay to get your message out to the majority of your followers. Organic is really important. However, if you want to get your message to the largest amount of people um, in a targeted way, the most effective way to do that is through paid advertising. So while you should be maintaining your organic messaging, the best thing to do there is to keep an eye on what is actually working and what people are reacting to. And if you see that there's a post that is organically getting a lot of traction, a lot of engagement, you can use Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn's marketing platforms to boost that to a more targeted audience and increase the reach there. Um, all right, let's, let's drill down a little bit more then. So generally, okay, we, we understand that um, getting organic right is hard and you need to, you need to pay to play. It's a, it's a good, good term, pay to play. <laughs> Put your money where your mouth is. What specific information can you give me about the kind of ad formats that are available? So we know, uh, you know everyone knows pay-per-click advertising on search. What about some of the different ad formats or ad, ad, ad approaches that we can take in, in social and in, in digital uh, display, that kind of stuff? Okay, so there's a lot of different things that you can do with your pay-per-click advertising on social media and, um, and online. So Google search advertising is great for awareness and it's great for reaching people at the point when they're searching for an agent. But if you want to take a few steps back and you want to increase your awareness, you want to introduce people to your personal brand, you want to make them aware of the services that you offer that may not be at the point that they're ready to buy or sell the house. So the things that you can do is you can create a brand ad and uh, the really great thing about social media is the targeting options. So you can granularly target uh, your market right down to, you can say, I want to reach people who are renting, not buying, or vice versa. I want to reach people who are earning above or below a certain amount. I want to reach people who are married or not married or that work in the following industry. So let's say, for example, you create a brand ad to introduce yourself and your personal brand to your farmed area. So what you can do is you can create that ad and you can geographically target that to your exact farm area there. So you can say, uh, my name is Mark. I'm your agent in this area. If you need an appraisal or information about prices and you can show that only to that geographic area there. So you're not wasting your money on a newspaper ad that's reaching someone in three suburbs over. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? So geographic and demographic targeting. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say another example is you've got a multi-million dollar listing. It's not the sort of house that everyone's going to be looking for. Let's say I want to reach doctors that earn over X amount of dollars a year who are interested in yachts and you know all of these, <laughs> all these stereotypical things. But you get the idea. And all of a sudden, you're not... Uh, you're not showing a multi-million dollar house to a lowly marketing director. You know, you're showing it to someone <laughs> who can afford it. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that's fantastic. All right, so um, that's a really interesting insight. I, I know for myself, when, when I uh, discovered this, and you know, I'm embarrassed to say it's only in the last sort of four or five months that I really understood how, uh, how much targeting we could do with, um, with some of the demographic formats available on Facebook and so on. Um, it, it, it's fascinating, I think, a, a really powerful opportunity for, for people in the industry. So let's think 
we've talked about how we can target. What about the different formats that are available to, um, to, to push ads out? So we know, you know it could be a text that you're promoting, like a promoted post on social media, um, a display ad. What are some of the other things that are available for us? Uh, there's a lot of different image ads that you can use. So there's one called a carousel ad, um, and that's specifically on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, the way that the carousel ad works is you can upload uh, multiple images. So this is a really great format if you want to especially push listings. So imagine you've got a great uh, listing with beautiful visuals of the house. You can upload multiple images of that house and through the user's feed, they don't have to click out of it. They can flick through all of the different pictures of that house and learn more about the listing. There's also videos. So you can use a video walkthrough of a house or you can use a slideshow to talk about some of the services that you um, are able to provide. There's also a thing called a lead ad. So the idea is that these platforms have a lot of information from you and me already. They know our name, our phone number, our email, they know what we do, all of these, this sort of scary information. So when you create a lead ad, you can ask for that sort of information to be submitted. So think of it as a data capture. So you have a listing and someone's interested in it and you put a data capture up saying, give me your name, phone number and email and I'll provide you with more information on that listing. So it's a teaser. What Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn give you the ability to do is to serve up an ad and it may be a teaser for the listing, it may be um, an invitation for an open home that they have to register for and you can require them to provide certain information, name, phone number at a minimum so that you can follow them up. Where it becomes really effective on social media is because these platforms already have that information, those fields are pre-populated. So as a user, I see something that I like and I'm interested in, I click on that lead ad, it has a submit button down the bottom and all of those fields are already pre-populated. So all I have to do is click once. The difference between using a social media lead ad and using a data capture on, on a website is that there's that frictionless experience. So you're not breaking the experience by requiring them to click on a field, enter their name, click on a field, enter their phone number, click on a field, enter their email. You see how that gets repetitive and it, it creates that friction between um, the user and the experience and what they're trying to, to get. So with the social media lead ads, there's that frictionless experience and what we've found from our testing is the conversion rate for lead ads is dramatically higher and the, um, the cost per acquisition is dramatically lower for social media lead ads. So in user experience, we talk about reducing steps. When we're building a, a software product or a website, we try and cut out as many steps so that we can, the user's experience is frictionless. And that, that, was, a, that was the word that, um, that you used as possible. So where, you know, if Facebook has, oh, sorry, Facebook, if Amazon has uh, one-click checkout, we're talking about one-click leads, which is, um, which is fantastic and really exciting. I think that's probably a good point to, um, to close off. I know I have some pretty dramatic information overload. Now for all the people listening, I'm gonna put you on the spot. I'm gonna ask you for two, not three, but two things uh, that our, our listeners can do first thing next year that will have the, the biggest impact. Well, you should request a demo for Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. Number one thing is make sure that you've got consistent branding across all of your social media platforms and online. So make sure that if someone is looking at your profile picture on Facebook, that it's consistent with your website, it's consistent with your Twitter, so that if someone is navigating from, say, they're seeing your listing on Google because they're, they're searching for you and you've got a little avatar, an image or something that pops up there, 
if they see that and then they click through and the experience isn't consistent on Facebook and they click through and it's not consistent on your website, then you're going to get that disconnect. So what you want to do is you want to have that familiarity across all of your online platforms. So the first thing to do is to just do an, a little online audit, Google yourself, everyone's guilty of it, and see what comes up and just see if there's any inconsistencies there and that's a really quick and easy thing that you can fix straight away. The second thing would be paid advertising. It's actually not as scary as it seems and if you're going to start on any platform, Facebook has the biggest audience in Australia and it's got one of the easiest paid advertising platforms to use. So don't be afraid to boost a post. People are often really unsure of how much they should be spending. It's one of the big questions that I used to get all the time. Look, if you find a post that's performing really well, boost it for a dollar a day for seven days and you'll be really surprised to see that engagement go up. And if you're seeing your engagement rise and you're seeing evidence uh, that you know, you're getting a little bit more interest, scale it up, see what happens. If you're seeing that that's actually working for you, then move on to something like putting a listing online, create a carousel ad on Facebook and boost that to an audience that you create. Experiment with your demographic targeting. It's really not that hard and Facebook makes it really easy to do. And we're not talking about big dollars, are we? We're talking about a couple hundred bucks, throw it at, throw $200 at it for a month and just kind of see where, where things get to. Absolutely. It doesn't take a lot to see results with Facebook and it's pretty forgiving in the most part. So boost a post here or there, create a paid ad or put a listing on a carousel ad and experiment with your audiences. Just a quick tip, guys. Uh, if you've heard anything interesting that Mark said and you want to find out more information about it, I'd recommend you just chuck the term or the, the words, that, the phrase that he's used into Google uh, and look through some of the articles that come up. There's an absolute wealth of information on, uh, on a lot of the things that, that Mark's talked about. But these kind of sessions are really good to surface some, some options that you have and some opportunities that you might have to, to extend your reach uh, in, the, um, in the digital sphere. Uh, Mark, thanks for taking the time uh, and, um, and thank you for, um, for sharing some fantastic insights with our audience. Not a problem, thanks a lot. All right guys, that's wrapping up. Uh, have a fantastic Christmas and uh, a really successful new year. And we'll be podcasting again in the new year.